0: Sons of the Hunt Podcast, Season 3, Episode 12. We might as well just name this one right off the bat, catching up. Yeah, buddy. It's been a minute. Yeah. We haven't done this a long time.
1: Yeah, since beginning of the year. Yeah. Since that we've actually sat across the table from each other. Yeah, and I think we're both pretty exhausted. A little bit. It's been a rough year. 2020 has not been easy on anybody. No. Uh But yeah, we've, we've taken a, the brunt of it, considering our uh, vocations.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Essential, as far as that goes. Indeed.
1: Well, you were a little more essential than I was, but I went from uh, sleep diagnostics to school teacher, right, fast. Yeah, I I know a lot of people dealing
0: with that. Not,
1: not thrilled about that. But teacher, um, you know, my kids aren't that much dumber for it.
0: I mean, you could have, you could use a second go around. So it's beneficial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was tuning up my own skill set. Exactly. I could could probably use, you know, a little sharpening here and there too.
1: Yeah, no, I still suck at it. No question. But yeah, you know, you do what you got to do. You know, everyone out there is in the same boat for the most part. You know, we're just
0: trying to make it through. Yeah, dude. But It's been so busy though. Just so busy. And that's honestly why we haven't really recorded. Well, in... Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the short of it. I've just been working. We've been working our asses off on top of that. I know a lot of people know that I was in Montana, a lot of prep for that. Mm -hmm. A lot went into that for sure. Physical prep, getting gear together, getting camera stuff together, trying to get two people together. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much getting all the, the logistics of that tied down. Dude, that's, that's an undertaking. It's a lot.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you did a good job. Because I I know your dad was more like, let's just go do it. You know what I mean? But you had a lot more of an agenda there uh, Mm -hmm. to to filming and the prep work and making sure that the clothing was right and, you know, the gear was right. And, you know, and that's a big part of it. And, and, you know, people who've done it before get it, you know, and and people who want to do it, if you ever get the opportunity, you will get it. Yeah. Because it starts to become quite a daunting task to organize all your stuff yeah. and yep. package it into a small like putting everything in bins and packs and stuff and, and knowing where you put it and what bin your binoculars are
0: in know versus knowing it. where your external mic is yeah yeah that kind of thing <laughs> I don't know where Jay's external mic is right now that I borrowed
1: it didn't just, you know, it's evaporate. Here. It's, here it's somewhere. A, Yeah, somewhere. I mean, I
0: still have, I told you, I still have bins in my garage that are packed. Yeah. That I didn't open yeah. up yet, so maybe I stuffed it in there.
1: No worries. I, like I said, I don't have an immediate need for it. I've got another one, that Movo one that I use. That's yeah. pretty decent too, but I haven't really been using it for much anyway,
0: so. I'll tell you what, man. Back to the Montana thing, though. That was such an experience, like such a, on, on so many different levels. The first level... Uh, just, like, a learning experience. Right. As far as um, as many YouTube videos as you've watched, and I'm talking to just anybody in general, and you think you could go kill an elk, you can't. Yeah. You can't go do it because I'm telling you, it's not like they're running around, like, prancing around everywhere. It's not like they're plentiful and bountiful out there. It's like you need to know, like... It's like trying to hunt a mature whitetail where a mature whitetail doesn't live. Like, if he's not there, you can't kill him. Right, right. And there's so much land out there that just locating them is a full-time job. Literally, it's a full-time job for these people. Especially when you'd go at it with
1: archery tackle, man. Yeah. You know, that just amplifies the the intensity and the difficulty
0: levels. uh... And, I mean, I learned a lot about their actual habits that I didn't know. So, I mean, maybe not everyone is as naive as me, but have you ever heard of a wallow? Yeah, absolutely. Don't, didn't know what that was. I, used, I would see videos online. I watched every elk hunting video before I went out there and you'd see trail cameras of them rolling around in mud. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, just, I don't know, something they do yeah, yeah, that people once in a while catch on trail camera. No, no, no. A wallow is is this cesspool that they like to like roll themselves around in. Yep, they it pissing it, stinky.
1: And, oh yeah, they get nasty. They're musky. I
0: ended up sitting over one the one night, and I, I had a shot at a white tail doe, but I didn't take it. I could have. I could have shot it uh, a white tail, but um, wild, wild stuff. I learned that you could like work a wallow like a call, like take like a stick and thrash stir it around, stir it up a little bit. And we we might have had one coming in on the one that we did that with. Like we had so we were, it was so hot the one day and we were just thrashing in, around in one of them and we were standing there. kinda of, It was slow, and we were just kind of talking. All of a sudden we heard some things breaking down below. We thought it was my dad, and then we start making our way back there because he was about a hundred yards away. And we look and he's got a he's got an arrow knocked, like ready to go. So he heard it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, those woods out there, man, are just. They'll suck you right in, big it's, woods, big woods, man. It's it's so weird that it just it's it's hard to grasp all the words for this whole experience. But I mean, when I was out there, I just felt like that's where I sh- I should be. I felt so good there. Slept every night like a baby in a tent, like the best sleep I've gotten in years, just on on, on a cot in a tent you know yeah maybe it's, it's what
1: some fresh air will do for you man it's the it,
0: the fresh air the it's just I, w- I was hopping out of bed every day at like 4.30 in the morning like just piss and vinegar yeah just full of piss and vinegar I didn't actually piss right. vinegar. <laughs> just clarify that, that that's a weird term <laughs> like it's
1: yeah, yeah. Like, that can get misconstrued. people are like oh he's sick keep that context he's sick
0: he's <laughs> what is this <laughs> is this
1: vinaigrette yeah, man. It, it sounded like a great time. I mean, your, your dad seemed pretty amped because I caught up with you guys right before you left. Yeah. It uh, was the night before you left, actually. I yeah. kind of stopped up after my one of my uh, shifts over at the Hunter's Gallery there. And uh, yeah, it, it, you guys were pretty much like pie-eyed. You were like, just yeah. like, it was real. You know, you could see it sinking in. You know, yeah. like, All right, we're doing this. Like, we're actually leaving and driving out there tomorrow.
0: Yeah, it was crazy, man. The... And, you know, I, I think back to that night you served my peep in for me and just how, like, ready I was. And I feel, like, just as ambitious about it now as I did then. Yeah. If that makes sense. Like, I have the same, like, excitedness about it and it's over. And it's just like I have I have to go back as soon as possible. Mm. That's the only thing on my mind since I've gotten back. Every day I just wake up. I think about vomiting and then <laughs> i go to work for for some time and then i just most of the time just think about hiking those mountains i mean we were we were in it we were geez hiking 14 15 miles a day some yeah. days and my dad did a good job he stuck with it i mean yeah yeah it was it, it was it's a physical it's a physical trip for sure but there's something about it that just doesn't even matter like there's no sore muscles or anything you're just going right right and it's like what's around the next bend what's over the next hill and then what's over the next hill and it's just the the tracks of land out there are just so endless like it's there's just so much to see you just can't see it all it's like uh what's the what's the term like pig and shit yep that <laughs> that's another good one i just we're just like, you're just throwing them out there yeah, man. it's <laughs> I I have dealer. to use these these clichés because I haven't sat down and collected all my thoughts mm-hmm. on it yet like I like I will but I, I don't know uh aside from that the people that I met are just just amazing like it it felt like they made you feel like you were a part of the family while you were there. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that's the sign of of a good a good uh outfit, you know. Yeah. I mean, just... And it was uh we booked with Cody Cars hunting adventures. And then, my God, just top notch people. Food was so good there. They, they were so nice. They made sure you had everything. They had sandwiches packed for you for the day. It was just, it was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Like it makes it an enjoyable experience. I
1: mean, cause when you're, you're going to hit some hard days, I'm sure where you you just, you wake up and you did a lot of elevation changes day before and you're, you're feeling it a little bit and yeah. it's like, you might forget something or you'll leave something. And, you know, when you're like, ah, I left my blah, blah back at the tent and a dude just pulls one out of his pack. You know what I mean? And they don't make you feel like an idiot for leaving it there. You know, know, I've never done something like that myself. I have a lot of friends who have done it. And, you know, their feedback in regard to some of the outfits they've chosen were less than positive, to say the least. But, you know, people get so hung up on whether or not they hang their tag on something. Yeah, that that equates to how they, you know, see that outfitter, you know yeah. what I mean? So, because, I mean, you know, I don't even know what the success rate is for archery hunters and elk out in that area. It's usually in the neighborhood of like 10% yeah, it's across not, the board, you know what I mean, high. Uh for most states when you're hunting elk. Uh, unless you're going to, like to the Tahone ranch or something like these big huge yeah. outfits where there's just elk oh, running like everywhere private, and yeah, you know the, the private but' you're, you're gonna pay 20 30 grand for a hunt at these places you know what yeah. i mean you're gonna kill you're can pick from whatever 400 bull you want to shoot no man.
0: this was all this was all public land we were on yeah. the whole time and i'll tell you what i would i'm not i'm determined now that that's right. that's what's gonna happen i i won't do anything else and like i'm not i'm probably not gonna go on another out of state, unless it's like a DIY, like whitetail hunt or something like that. But the, but I'm going to go back there and kill an elk. Yeah. And they, I, they ask you the first day, like, kind of like, what are your expectations? Excuse me. And I think that a lot of people, you know, this is another interesting thing, the, the way the guides, like, gauge people on how, like, what their expectations are. Sure. They, they must encounter, like, well, I've talked to them about they, how they encounter very different clients oh i can imagine the season. so my my thing was kind of like let's see what happens you know i'll i'll make a judgment call once i, I just feel it out you know? right right and i mean geez, the,
1: we've we've echoed that mantra a hundred times on this podcast yeah, about it, like it hits I'll, that trigger yeah that switch flips i and think that
0: they they were just looking to, to see if like i was like well you know i'm gonna wait for like you know like a 350 or yeah, something yeah, like yeah, that yeah. like something ridiculous like, I wanted, like, my goal was to go out there and put, and have something that I could put above that dining room table upstairs. Sure. sure like, I, I have that big empty space in that wall, and that's, uh, I want something nice there, but I said, like, if we, if we're hunting, and we hunt a couple of days, and, and the action's not where it should be, and it's like, you have to gauge, like, how that's hard it. It, like, it, it took me years to, to be able to, like, just pass up two, two and a half year old, White tails every year you know it's just not what you want all right i'm good you know now i know where i'm at with that i have my expectations i can wait there it's kind of like i don't know this is all new to me sure so let's see what happens and i think that you know that's something that they kind of wanted to hear and i think that they also wanted they wanted to hear hear us say that you know this is hunting like they don't control what the elk are doing. No, no, no. We can only put you in the area and get and call and do the best that we can to get you there. That's it. I'm, I'm sure they appreciate people who
1: can temper their own expectations, you know, without, yeah. you know what I mean? Without having these these pipe dreams of these 350, 400 bulls off of a piece of public land. And I mean, you know, some outfitters might be able to say, look, we can handle that. We yeah, can do that. You yeah, know, but there. I mean, there's there's big bulls there for sure. When you take a little bit of the stress off your guide, it's going to make yeah. for a better experience for everybody yeah. involved. You, the guide, you know, the trip. And, you know, I think you had a pretty good attitude going into oh, yeah. it. And, and even mean, it's when hunting. you were there.
0: And that's it. No matter... You could pay $50,000, it's still hunting. Sure. You know, and it's called hunting for a reason, as the old adage goes, not killing. Right, right. You know? And it's just being realistic. And, you know, these... The other thing we talked about was, you know, being a guide and what that entails. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that most people who listen to this or watch our content have no idea what goes into being a guide. <laughs> I don't think. I sure don't. Because when I was in college, like my senior year, and I was still kind of up in the air on what I want to do, and I had, I was working on my biology degree, at one point I was like... I was looking at this guide school in Colorado. I was like, I'll just go out west and I'll be a guide. I was like, awesome. Like, (laughs) it'll just be the light. Uh, No, couldn't do it. I'm telling you right now, I couldn't do it. A, I'm too sarcastic.
1: (laughs) I must have asked. That would
0: would go. I must have asked a million questions. And I'm sure that, you know, a fair amount of them were like stupid questions. But, um, yeah, it's, I, I probably couldn't deal with. Some of the clients that, that come out there being like, yeah, well, you know, I'm I'm looking for something in the 350 range, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, we'll just, uh, I'm I'm sure you've got them patterned and, you yeah, yeah. Uh, know, what, what time have you been seeing the elk every day and, and how many are we going to see today? Like those kind of questions.
1: Yeah. No, I get it. And I guess like uh, guiding elk in that territory is a lot different than guiding whitetail in Iowa mm-hmm. where you're essentially driving a dude in a four by four to his stand. You know And a side-by-side, rather. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, to stand, drop them off. And, you know, maybe help track, you know, yeah, these dudes are them down, break them down, that kind of stuff. But to be able to do that type of physical activity day in and day out without missing a beat. These guys are
0: woodsmen. Yeah. No, you know that, I mean? that's
1: legit. That's that, I got a lot of respect for those guys, you know. Because, I mean, I, I, I fancy myself a pretty decent outdoorsman. But, yeah. like, and in being 45 years old, I mean, I... I hit it hard today, man, mm-hmm. and I had to, temp, speaking of tempering my expectations, I had to make sure I you know, didn't outrun my wife and leave her in the woods yeah. behind me, because she yeah. went on the hike with me, but I was running on zero sleep, and I ended up putting on a, a, a lot of miles today, and a lot of elevation change, and I was happy with it was good, how, though. yeah, I felt good with it, like, I was like, I could have done that in half the time, yeah. you know what I mean? Not that she was slowing me down, but I don't want to, you know, make it uncomfortable for her, because she's not an outdoors person. Yeah. So the fact that she even went with me was huge because totally worth it when we got to the location. I mean, I'll show you some of the pictures after that I that I took while we we're up there. And man, what an incredible spot. The whole time I up there, I'm like, this would be awesome. Like after a heavy snowstorm in the dead of winter yeah. and everything's white and black. Yeah. Like everything, it, it would have been a really cool spot with some cool contrast in the sky. Like I'm looking at things f- f- like photography wise more mm-hmm. lately than I have. Right. Um, but that was the whole point of going up there. And I was like, you know, pig and shit there too because mm-hmm. I'm like, where do I even point this camera? Yeah, I didn't even know. I'm like, I'm trying to like compose and uh, I'm like, oh, this is just, I'm losing it. I'm, I can't stop looking around. Like yeah. the wildlife up there we saw, the birds, like I saw two bald eagles, five, maybe six peregrine falcons, three red tail hawks, nice. like endless crows and stuff like that. But like the the birds of prey that I saw today and I was looking down on them. From yeah. the elevation, that was at. it was amazing. But like you know, that's that's a lot. I don't think I'd be able to do that again tomorrow. Yeah. And then the day after that, and you know. the day after that. Well, like, let's get into it, buddy. Well, you know, I'm gonna <laughs> get start <it's> together <laughs> <You know>? because <laughs> we're going back, man. Yeah, yeah, like hundred
0: percent. And I'll tell you what, I, oh, I can't wait. And it's, I, I don't know, It's just, I felt like I did a pretty good job being ready. Yeah, for it this time. Like as far as being prepared, like as far as gear goes and sure being in decent enough shape to like keep up. I was, I felt pretty good. There were no days that I was like, not like crawling out of bed, like right, right, right. sore as hell. It That didn't really happen. So I was okay there, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm driven to go back. Um, I guess as far as what happened is with, uh, with the game that week. It it was a slow week. I think a lot of that might have had to do with the wildfires that are going on out there. I mean there was we had some days that were like hazy and you could smell smoke in the air. But from what they told me like the weeks prior to that, like it was bad. Like they were like hacking their lungs up, like hiking up and down those those mountains and they said that it kind of threw things off a little bit. But I mean, we did get into elk, for sure. It's not like they weren't there. Yeah, some of the videos you kind
1: of uh, let me see earlier yeah. with the bugling and stuff like that. I mean, like, I've never heard an elk bugle in person. Yeah. And I think I might shed a tear. I think it was.
2: <laughs>
0: if I, I do. When, when I do. I don't think we heard one the first day. I think it was the third day we actually heard the first one. And I remember, it, dude, it was beautiful morning. Like, crisp like you could see a little bit of your breath. Like, it was nice in the morning. Like it was high 30s, low 40s. Yeah, that's like, a nice tap. Yeah, and it it was like, you know, a cr- crisp like spring turkey morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if those guys heard me compare elk coming to turkey hunting one more time, I think they were going <laughs> to strangle me. Push down it, it was so similar. Yeah.
1: Like that, that's
0: com- that's a common uh, you know, an analogy. Lot of, a lot of guys don't like that comparison. No. Because it's like if turkeys could smell like that's that's really the main difference sure you know besides like 700 pounds but (laughs) i was like hey let's go roost one of these elk (laughs) one of these nights so we know where they are in the morning (laughs) but uh yeah that first morning that i heard it it was just like i got that stupid grin just like plastered across my face and it was just like wow yeah. yeah, it's got to be cool. I mean, it's we, different. It, like you could you hear them on like you watch a YouTube video and you hear them bugling, and even you, they get videos of them bugling. Like it's not the same. It it just
2: you can't feel the video.
0: No, and it's like you could almost hear like the ridges in their throat, like and just the, the like the grunting and like growling. Yeah, like, yeah. It's just the ones we were in on the last day. Um, he actually growled at one point, and I, I can't explain it. Right, right, right. Like, it was just, and there were a couple of them, and they—you could tell—they were getting pissed off at each other, and man, just like what an experience. It just,
1: yeah, it sounded like it had a pretty epic, uh, a pretty epic time out there, man. Yeah, I sound
0: like a schoolgirl. That's all or, right though. It's... That's, I'm like smitten with the whole thing, mm-hmm. and it's just. But, I will say this: that I, I. When I was out there, I kind of, you know, I, I met all some seriously just top-notch people. Right. Like, the best kind of people you can meet. Like, there's people that, like, welcome me in with open arms, and they're just super, like, I don't know. It's almost like they're, like, charming people. Sure, that's. sure. And there's there's a really good story behind it and i have to i have to go back and finish it now yeah yeah so i wouldn't expect anything soon sure as yeah, far well, as, as, as far, far as, as, as content stuff like that yeah yeah because it, i have i have a lot of good footage but this the way this story has come together it just needs to be finished the right way
1: yeah it's definitely evolved from where it started before yeah. i mean like you know when i was here that friday before you left i was like i, I was like man i've never been more excited for somebody else's hunt you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it was just, because I've, I've kind of been a- along for the ride as you prep for this, as you talked about it, as you kind of got your gear together and stuff like that. So it was kind of cool to watch from, like, the outside looking in to see how you and your dad have been kind of prepping and talking yeah. about it. And, I mean, your dad was jacked, dude. Yeah. Your dad's a special kind of animal, man.
2: Yeah. So uh, I'm not
0: surprised he he
1: kept it together out there and, and you know, I kept you pace with everybody.
0: He uh was the only person in camp that killed anything. Yeah. He, he the one night um, I forget what happened. Oh, we sat in in Whitetail blinds. Well, he sat in a blind. I sat in a tree stand. Um, Cause we what did we do? We took a different hike that day, and by the time we finished it, it was like two thirty or three o'clock. By the time we got back, so we were like, let's like i don't want to just sit here yeah, like, yeah let's, let's, so they they stuck us in a couple white tail stands and uh my dad shot this monstrous white doe nice so we did get to bring some meat back awesome i uh, didn't know that how about yeah. that i just
1: i didn't know that until just now yeah that's pretty awesome dude he, he
0: got the the itchy trigger yeah yeah and uh yeah but uh, big pig doe and uh yeah only guy in camp that got a shot at anything pretty much great but that's but, part of it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like
1: I said, it, it, it's hunting, not killing, you know. But and when you, when you start to absorb the whole experience, you know, mm-hmm. just listening to you talk about it, even before we started recording, like when I came up, we kind of started talk a little bit about it. Of course, I hadn't heard anything about the trip. I didn't even know if you killed a bull or not until like, I yeah. got here tonight. I, you I know? was,
0: I I put the phone down for most of it. Yeah, yeah. And it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Sure, there was. It was just like disconnecting from that i didn't realize how bad i needed that because it was just like there was nothing on my mind when i closed my eyes at night nothing just darkness you could we had a from what everyone said we had a bad moon because it was it was full when we were out there like it peaked full Mm -hmm. i think it was waxing and then whatever Yeah, yeah um so apparently they were running around all night this this hypotheses sure from sure, what sure. i understand because I, I don't think anyone actually knows what's going on yeah it's right like the
1: well, it, it helps keep those 350 guys in check you know yeah
0: so, oh, God, <laughs> we I'm got mad, a bad moon bad I mean, moon. Geez, we, let's just stay in the lodge uh <laughs> yeah but i mean there were nights that you like we walked outside the tent and it was like daylight and, and i'll tell you what a lot more stars in montana for some reason yeah <laughs> like, those skies are just
1: that lack I, of light pollution out there, man. Something yeah. else. They don't call it big sky country for nothing, man. You,
0: you go out there, like you step outside the tent in the middle of the night, and it's just the creepiest silence. Like, I don't know if if anyone around here experiences dead silence like that. You pr- there's really hard in to. Pennsylvania.
1: Yeah. I mean, well, Maybe
0: we it, we got up on the Appalachian
1: Trail one time with, with Damien when we went out. Yeah. And you get way back in there. Yeah. And you, once you lose, we lost cell service, anything like that, probably three, four miles before we hit our spot. And, you know, uh, it, at night it gets super dark and super quiet. And it was funny because you can see that that's the first time that Damien's ever experienced that. Yeah, I, I've experienced it a few times, but I, do, I did a lot of like deep woods camping and stuff when I was yeah. younger. So it wasn't, not that you lose the sensation for it, but you, you know what to expect right, but it got to a point where he was a little freaked out you know what I mean and, yeah. and I tell you what if I was gonna get dropped in the middle of somewhere with somebody he'd be one of my top three guys to do it with but it's just one of his he's, he's capable yeah. but it's when you don't experience that it's it's a little it's a little freaky
0: yeah it's there's just something else about it like and you know I've been telling people this and I feel like I'm not I'm not verbalizing it the right way mm. people just think like oh yeah would you see some pretty trees yeah. like no <laughs> like this was this changed my soul like i feel different now yeah when i was there i felt right i felt like i was where i needed to be it was just such a pure thing and it's it's hard to explain that and i i feel like i'm what's the word pontificating about it but it's just it it is what it what it was i can't mm. Like, it's such a pure feeling. Sure. And that, that dead silence, I've heard people say, you know, when they're up in the Yukon or, or wherever, like, I'd be okay with a bear tearing me out of my tent and, and ending it here. And I now, you know what? <laughs> I I kind of understand that thought process. I, I've seen people say that and, like, watched him and be like, ah, uh, okay, you want to get torn apart by a bear? No, it's the peace that you're at when you're there. Where it's like, you know, this probably would be okay. Yeah, yeah. Rather than, you know, dying in a warm bed or something like that. Like, just the peace that you could find there is a different level. Well, I mean, hell,
1: if anything that came out of this year... That could be an, an an up point for you, considering <laughs> everything else that's been happening yeah. in twenty twenty. Yeah, you know what, man, it was a blessing. Maybe it yeah. was something you really just needed right now. Because, like I said, we started first started you know the the podcast tonight. We were both kind of you know talking about how insane this year has been for yeah. our, our our professional lives, our personal lives, uh, this everything that's been happening around us. It's, it's it's hard to keep a positive outlook on a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. But we're both positive people. So yeah. it's, you know, it's a little bit easier for us. I mean, you try to set examples for those around us and stuff like that. So you want to maintain a bit of a positive outlook despite the negativity that's kind of knocking on your door constantly. Yeah. But, you know, that's something that I think maybe uh, maybe you needed this year, man. Oof. And it's, uh, yeah, I'll tell you what, man. And I'm I just, I'm truly, you know, excited to hear some more of the stories that you've got from out there and i know it's going to be a minute before it gets shared here but um yeah there's definitely going to be some some cool stuff that comes down the pipeline from it that's uh yeah gonna be game
0: changing yeah absolutely i i think so i i I want to try to convey all these thoughts that i have sure it's hard to organize them when they're coming so fast and furiously like yeah yeah i i get it it's yeah I don't know, it's it's almost like I, I don't even know what else to say about it at this point. <laughs> well, but, I mean, we had to fill out evaluations, and the one I was telling you about this before, the yeah, can't, yeah. was like, "Well, what what'd you think?" And I said, it was "The best week of hunting I've ever had in my life." And he like kind of like like scoffed at me. He's like, "He's like, well, you must have never been elk hunting because uh, like we we didn't hear that many bulls and blah blah." And I was like, "No, I never have been elk hunting before." And this is the best week of hunting in my life, and yeah. I just said it again. I was like, "Get out of my face!" Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And but that's the thing. I mean, I think that it, it helps the guide if you're positive about it, because I mean, every day it was just like, "Today's a new day. Who knows what the hell is going to happen?" You know, like we, it, it, it could be over in ten minutes. Sure, you know. But that's the same attitude I have here. You, I know you have it too. Mm. It, it's it's about having that right mentality. And I'll, we're going to come back again to it that, you know, you spend enough time there, you're going to develop that kind of personality. Sure, sure, sure. And it's just, I guess some people find that appreciation for that and others don't. But, I mean, how you got to just keep that positivity and understand that things are going to change and things could turn around and it could happen really fast.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know? it's got to be difficult when there's a certain expectation being held above you as a guide to produce. Yeah, I don't envy them in that because I I felt that in my personal life before where there's expectations that couldn't possibly be met yeah. with the resources at hand. You yeah. know what I mean? And and it, it you try, there's no way you're not going to try and make it happen. But
0: it's just it, it's it's it makes for a real rough go. These guys would throw the kitchen sink at it. Yeah, everything they have yeah yeah they, they're not quitting they and the one night um shane was showing me some trail camera pictures. shane was the our our guide shane king awesome guy um, we're also with andrew uh elder elder's his last name and uh they were showing me some trail camera pictures and they had this one bull on trail camera and they both like lit up like Oh, he's been in there, like, and they neither of them have any opportunity at ever killing this bull, but their goal is to get their hunter there and kill that bull. and they they just have that that fire in their eyes, yeah, yeah.
1: it's like it's just as good as you know, touching the arrow themselves, yeah, 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 no. and that's fantastic. And that's the people you need to do that kind yep. of job. You know, because and that's it's, how you're successful, and that's how true. you're gonna you're you're gonna have people coming back every year. Yeah, it's
0: absolutely true. Passion for, for that's
1: doing it. What they it's do. contagious. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, and and that's awesome. Yeah, I can see, and, and conversely, I mean, I could I could see it being challenging for an experienced hunter too to kind of like take a back seat. You yeah. know what I mean, and like let them do their thing and be like, and not guide the guide, so to speak. You right. know what I mean? I, I could see that being a bit of a challenge. You have to put a lot of trust and you have to put a lot of faith in the person that's making
0: the decisions that may or may not give you something to put a tag on. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I mean, there are definitely times when I we were standing there listening to an elk and I would say, geez, he sounds, sounds like he's two miles away. Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, he's just... There's a, there's a dip here, and then there's a stand of pines right over there, and he's right behind us, so it's, so the sound's bouncing right, off right, the pine. Right. And it's just they know yeah. every nook and cranny of those hills. Woodsmanship, man. It really 100%. is. 100%. You just can't, you, it, it it can't be beat. The, the, those guys are just next-level yeah. woodsmen. And, yeah. it's, and that's why, you know, there's there's times where I'm like, whoa, man, we better get booking over there. Like, he's all the way over there. And they're like, no, no, no like yeah and it's like it's just things that you don't get unless you have experience there
1: that's it that's it I mean I've turkey hunted with you before and you hunt turkeys a lot differently than I do so it was cool to be able to kind of like guess said take a back seat a little bit mm-hmm. and see how you do it because obviously you're successful at it you know what I mean yeah. so it was like okay wow there's you know, people get in this this mental state of my way is the right way because right. you're the only one you got to argue with. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So when when you when you're able to kind of really let go a little bit, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Some people can't. They just like they're going to argue with you. They're going to make sure that it's their way. And then if they're unsuccessful, they're going to blame you anyway. You yeah. know what I mean? And that's that's a tough personality to be around. But like you know, it's really I think kind of you, you got to take the environment. In check and be like, all right. I may not have gotten, you know, successful in you know losing an arrow on an animal, but I learned a tremendous amount from my guide. Oh I my learned God. a tremendous amount about the terrain that we we're in, about the the history of the lodge, the history of you know the land management, all that yeah. stuff. I mean, you take all that stuff in, and you're you're walking away with something that's incredibly valuable.
0: Yeah, and I must have asked like I said, a million questions. Some people love that, man. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I, I like to think that, it. that they are good questions. And then I also like to think that, Hey, hey, maybe that's the, the, the podcast host in me <laughs> developing and, and just like, I, I live my life. Like it's a podcast now. Like I'm yeah, hearing yeah, no, people right? all the time, but man, I learned so much. I learned a lot about the land there. I learned about some of my shortcomings mm-hmm. as a wood, woodsman and what I could work on, different things I picked up and, things I'll take back here and apply to whitetail hunting and it's there there was just so much I'm, I'm still kind of overloaded with Sure, sure. Yeah, know, it's
1: going to take some time to let that dust settle. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm like every day I I'm I'm just getting home from work and be like I I still technically have a Montana tech. And I'm just <laughs> like <laughs> If, How if long I, did it take me to get there? I leave there? now. It'll <laughs> take 36 hours straight to get out there. and then Piece of cake. Yeah. And I could hunt for four hours and then I'll be back. I know a
1: guy who can roll like three days without sleeping. <laughs>
0: yeah. I did the drive back without sleeping. Mm. The dri- well, I did the drive there without sleeping as well, pretty much. That's a, that's a long way, man. Yeah. It's a... Uh, boy, I'll tell you what. Once you get into like North Dakota, it's just straight a- straight arrow across yep. that state mm-hmm. doing 80 miles an hour pulling a trailer and it's it's two thirty in the morning and you're just going straight at 80 miles an hour with the cruise control yep on. just hit the cruise and lock the knee and take man. a nap <laughs> <laughs> you could have tied that wheel up yeah probably taking a nap that's that's, that's when i was thinking like man that tesla truck doesn't sound so bad right now the one that drives itself yeah right can you imagine just take a nap, wake me up when we get there. I also logistically couldn't imagine taking what I took out there and do, and flying.
1: Right, right, right. It cost me
0: a shit ton.
1: Yeah. Um, my buddy Ron Kivachi, man, he's been going out west with his dad since they were kids. Ronnie Kivachi?
0: Yeah. I don't know his name.
1: I know. He's a he's a dude, what I, a badass. Oh, that reminds me. I gotta message him. He hit he hit a nice deer yesterday. He was going out looking for it today. Mm-hmm. Biggest, biggest Pennsylvania buck of his life, and that's saying something. Hmm. This dude's got He's got some chops. Yeah, yeah. He's a, he's one hell of a dude. He's A lot of people pro baseball player. He he got into playing baseball like when he was a kid, and then his whole goal was to become a pro so that he can save up enough money to buy property for him and his dad to hunt. That was like awesome. his whole primary drive of making money. You know what I mean? That's awesome. He's an amazing guy. Uh, local dude from Scranton. We grew up together when we were kids. Yeah, you know, went to school together. Rode bikes to get that whole he deal. Played you know? professional baseball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's yep. a good dude. Um, but Ron, he Ronnie Kivatch. Ron sounds, like sounds like a catcher. Yeah, no, he's pitcher. Oh. Yeah, yeah, pitcher. Uh, but uh, he's uh, an incredible guy, and they would go out to Wyoming, they'd go out all these places, and they would drive every time. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, when you don't know enough about it, you're like, why, why would you drive all that way? Because you got to take everything with you, and you got to bring more back, hopefully. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. they've got, he used to have the coolest trophy room in the world. I bet. And I was like, when we were younger, like, it was like, we, you never get sick of seeing it because him and his dad had so many huge deer, mule deer, whitetail. Yeah. And they're big into the taxidermy thing. So they had a garage that they actually ended up, it was like a three car garage that they just completely eliminated as being a garage and it became yeah. their trophy room. You open up, walk in, and it's just three, four, five tall around the entire garage. Nice. Just the middle of the room was just full mount deer and just such a cool cool place to go and see if you're into that yeah. sort of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not much of a taxidermy guy, but I can appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, antelope. And a lot of them were Pennsylvania deer. Yeah. Like, massive Pennsylvania buck. The nice. unicorn buck. He got a unicorn buck he shot behind Lake Scranton really? years ago. Like, hmm. just really cool deer. Um, And, and they just have a, such a huge appreciation for it. And uh, they're just cool people. But, um, you know, they did go out and drive every year. Yeah. They drive to Wyoming and drive home with all their stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean... I... I would do anything to skip that drive. Oh yeah, I'm sure. But to do what we're trying to do, I think you have to drive.
1: Of course, you know you really do because to load all that stuff into bins and crates and then pay the amount of freight it's going to cost to send it, and then hope it gets there. Yeah, you know what I mean. So yeah, yeah. no, and and, yeah, you know it's it's a pain in the ass to drive, but hell. Plenty of opportunities for uh, microcasts. You know what I mean? You sure. set up a camera on the dashboard and do podcasts while you're
0: driving. We could have. I mean, we listened to a lot of podcasts on the way out, listen to a lot yeah. of Meteor. Yeah, yeah. The Meteor podcast coming at you.
1: Yeah, there's plenty yeah. of them out there to <laughs> yeah. listen to for sure.
0: Yeah. It was they, uh, got like 300 episodes or something like that now. Oh, yeah. I don't even know. Yeah. It's been a minute since I've listened to them, but yeah, there's a couple good ones out there, man. Yeah, it was, it was a good time. A lot, a lot of good memories. We uh, we stayed one night in uh, Medora, North Dakota, okay. which is like the entrance to Theodore Roosevelt National Park. Oh, sweet. So I've got a sweet picture of like a bronze cast Theodore Roosevelt statue. Man, I love that dude. dude. That, we stayed in very... Medora's very I don't cool say Arizona. that often, by the way. I love that dude. <laughs> He was a cool guy. That's reserved for, sure. for very special they're just mule deer walking around the town. Yeah, it's like, crazy. It's and the, the rock faces, it crazy place. Also yeah. stayed in Missoula. Missoula was pretty neat. Oh,
1: that's cool. Yeah, that's I, I hear a lot of people talk about Missoula. You know what yeah. I mean? It's a, well, it's a college
0: a... town. Looked like you could have some fun there. Indeed. For sure. Um yeah, it's just I'm just like Yeah, still still on high. Still on high? Yeah, on high for from being there, on low, from being back in Pennsylvania. But I'll tell you what, getting back into Pennsylvania, that was the only time that it, it started looking good again. Yeah. From a scenery perspective. Sure. I mean, we drove all the way through North Dakota, South Dakota, on the way back, and it's flat, and it's very flat. Then it's so flat. It's even flatter. And then... You get into Minnesota and there's some trees and then there's Wisconsin. But it's not till you get back to Pennsylvania that you start seeing like the rolling hills and the and the, the mountains, and it's like, well, it's not so bad. No, nah, we're blessed, man. Yeah, we're blessed. It's it's a nice area.
1: It really is. You
0: know, it is what you make of
1: it, and that's anywhere. You know, yeah. my brother lives in uh, Las Vegas. Yeah. And I get out there and I hate it. I hate it. I love my brother. I lo- yeah. And we have some fun when we're out there. We find stuff to do. We don't go to the casino route. We go to the let's go find, you know, let's go fishing, let's go hiking, yeah. let's do get in the mountains, that kind of stuff. But yeah, it's the same color all year round. It's yeah. always hotter than shit. Yeah. I, I just, I'm not into it. Yeah. But you come back here and you see like the fall change. When winter just kicks in, and you get that first nice, big, thick, heavy, soft yeah. snowfall. Like, yeah, sure, it gets old after about three or four months. Of yeah. It. But, you know, when it first hits, it's it's a pleasant place to live. It's beautiful. Like, where I was today, uh, it's called Top of the World. It's yeah. in Dunmore. And it took me a while to find it, but once I found it, it was so worth it. I mean, Kim and I finally broke through the spot, and we looked out, and I went, oh, my God. Yeah. This is incredible. Sweet view. Like, I had no idea that it was even, you know, to, to find something like that right in the middle of pretty much the Scranton area. Yeah. It's a two-hour hike. Well, it's probably even less than that because yeah. and now I know where it is. Um, yeah, it, just an incredible view, a beautiful area when the fall
0: leaves are changing. You just can't beat it, man. Yeah. I mean, the, that is one thing that this trip did motivate me to do is start exploring some of our public lands here mm-hmm. a little bit more definitely take took them for granted hundred percent willing to admit that you know
1: it's tough man i've been public on public lands, land a long time yeah it's challenging it's PA. not you got to find the right piece
0: i i do I, I don't think that i'm wrong in saying that it's not quite the same it's not as out by there any because means, yeah public land out there could be like private lands like if you're ambitious enough yeah you can get your honey hole. For sure, mm-hmm. that your own private honey hole. Yeah, no if, doubt. If, you just got to work for it. If you're crafty enough mm-hmm. about it, I, I I heard some stories out there, some tricks. Yeah, yeah, Like how people like are deceptive about where they're hunting and and how wild, wild stuff. Yeah. But um, yeah. Here, I don't think you're gonna, you you're never gonna find it. I'm not gonna say never. There's some big tracks of public land here, but. Here, there's people ambitious. On, um, I shouldn't say it that way either. I'm not saying that there's people more ambitious here or there. I just feel like we don't have tracts of land big enough that people can't get to where they want to get to. Right, right, right. You, you'll have people getting to the most remote parts of this because it's not the same as getting to the most remote parts in a piece of public land in Montana. Right, right.
2: And, and it's it's just the scale is different, too. Well, that's
0: what I'm saying. It's just absolutely monstrous out there. Mm-hmm. You could have people that hike in, camp, hike the next day, camp, hike again.
1: Yeah, and that's and, where they
0: set up the hunt. Yeah. And, but the problem with that is getting them out getting them out yeah it's a thing but there, there's ways that people do it
1: yeah sure if you've got a couple guys you know yeah. I you know you do it solo ah, man you're in for a rough road if you, yeah you if could you... do it
0: solo but I mean at the same time you could you know have have your your in reach you could send a message like hey here's here's my my coordinates I, I gotta you know have an elk yeah I'm gonna quarter it up I'm gonna pull it up into a tree I'm gonna start hiking it out we're gonna mark this by the time i get out like you meet me bring some people absolutely like, you can make it happen sure 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 you man. know it's uh i don't know I'm, I'm i'm somewhere else now that's all right no it's
1: it, 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 like you said it's it's hard to really focus it yeah because uh of you're, you're still kind of on high from it so yeah. yeah dude i'm really looking forward to seeing what comes of this because like i said we've talked about a few things before the podcast started and uh just once you are able to start to kind of hone this a little bit, yeah, uh, it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be a, a really interesting story, and uh, you know, it's, I'm just excited all yeah. around about it. So
0: we got a bunch of good things. coming Yeah, out. absolutely, yeah, it's one really hell
1: of a way thinking. to start uh, our first episode back, back since yeah. uh, the beginning inter- of the year. Mission, yeah, yeah, how 45 about five minutes? How about it? I, I, was, I was afraid this was going to happen. Yeah. We're going to be into a two-hour podcast because we've got so much to catch up on. Yeah. You know?
0: I, I think pe- people won't mind a little bit of a longer one, but I, there's a beer I want to try. So let's wrap this up. Sounds As like a plan. We, we will come back in the middle. back and this is a very traditional indeed very traditional episode because we're back with beer and we haven't done one of these in like so long
1: i know right it's crazy and we, we may or may not have shared a few through virtual spaces
0: but oh, true true but this one I, i'm looking forward to it. this is going to be the first time that i ever try tin barn brewing and you've been there
1: yeah, uh, you know, I was really impressed, you know, we, we uh, you know, my reserve. my wife and I tried to get away last weekend just to kind of get out of our, our heads a little, because it's been crazy, like for everybody, you know, we're not exclusive to that, but, uh, you know, we both work in healthcare, it's been really crazy with everything going on, she has been an essential worker throughout this whole ordeal, mm-hmm. uh, you know, between cutting schedules and not to get too detailed on it, it's just been rough, you know, right. she's been really having a tough go of it. And it's hard to maintain a positive outlook with everything that's been going on. Um, And now you roll into the fact that hunting season is in full swing. And a lot of my spare time is usually spent not with my wife.
0: Right. Right.
1: (laughs) So I'm like, you know what? Usually every year. And honestly, I got to give props to Teddy Clark on this one. Because like every year he sends his wife flowers. He does all this nice stuff for his wife right before hunting season Mm -hmm. to kind of juice her up a little bit so to speak to to kind of, you know, be gone as right. much as we are when we do this, you know. So I'm like it was kind of half that like let me take you out and do something nice for you because I'm going to be getting in a hunting season. Let
0: me take you to a good brewery. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah.
1: Along with, you know, we just needed to get away, you know. Yeah. Three kids, work, everything's been happening trying to manage school and careers and you know, a lot of adversity in our personal life. We need to just like get out of dodge. So, you know, we went up to New York. I booked a room with the intention to take her up to um, Angry Orchard, which is like an apple cider type deal, you know, real popular cider. Mm -hmm. Um, And apparently because, you know, New York's rules are fairly strict as well as PAs, a little bit more so, um, we were unable to go to the destination of our choice. So we had to kind of, uh, you know, change it up on the fly. Exactly. We had to audible. So um, I'm like, let's just go figure it out. We got up there, and I'm like, what are we going to do? So I hit up the lady behind the counter at the hotel we were staying at, and she was awesome. She's like, give me five minutes. She came back. I'm like, all right, you wait here for her. I'm going to go grab some bags out of the car. We're just checking in, you know? Mm -hmm. I come back, and my wife had this printed out list of all these places and cool places to go, wineries, breweries, cider mills, all that kind of stuff. So um, we just kind of went up to the room, set our stuff down. We just started kind of going down the list and seeing – where they were how far were they so long story short you know we had a couple failures with uh different places whether it be closed or private parties or right. what have you right um and we found a a really nice place called soon's orchard which is more like an apple orchard and they have like you know they pies and baked goods and stuff like that but they had a really cool little um restaurant you know so we went there to eat because she's into ciders, you know, mm-hmm. apple cider, you know, hard ciders and that kind of thing. So we went, we had a nice time, and that's not really my speed. You know what I right. mean? That the cider thing is her gig. No. I'm more of a brewery, you know, IPAs, stouts, mm-hmm. porters, that kind of thing. So after we left there, we just kind of went down the list and we got to the very last listing because of just failure after failure of yeah. you know, places Clothes just not and, being available. Yeah. 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 And uh, there is a place called Tin Barn Brewery. Yeah. So I'm like, let's just go check it out. What the hell? I mean, yeah. they closed at 9 o'clock because everything has to close early. It was 7 o'clock. We were 20 minutes away. I'm like, let's go check it out. Yeah. I am, I can't tell you how glad I am that everything else got screwed up. Yeah, man. Because I never would have found this place. You know, we as soon as we pull up, you know, I was like, this place is huge. Yeah. It's a giant pole barn. With all the massive tanks. I mean, I, I think you probably saw some of the pictures I put up. Yeah. I, I took some pictures while we were there. Um, but it turns out that their tap room had only opened the day before. So it was mm. really, like, super new. Yeah. So everybody was happy to be there. All the employees
0: were jacked about everything. So yeah. it was a cool envi- cool environment, you know? That's awesome. I. Its reputation does precede itself. I was, as soon as I saw you, I was like, no way. I, <laughs> I was like, I was going to message you, but I didn't see it till the day after. Yeah, right, right. I was right. going to PayPal you some money and be like, bring something back. But I figured you'd, you would anyway, and you did. Indeed. I've heard a lot about Tin Barn Brewing. They're kind of the up and comer. Yeah. Like, there's people that compare them to like Treehouse. Yeah. Yeah, I'll Life. tell you
1: what. Everything I had was good. There's pros and cons to everything I had. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the other beers that I had that was really good was called Citra Queen because I'm a big fan of the Citra Hops. You are like a Citra Queen. A bit of it. A little you bit, know. you know, <laughs> on occasion. Yeah. You know? you know, the weekends I get loose. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, you know, it, it, that one was really good. It was like a mid-nine percenter, which is a bit of a big yeah, beer. Yeah, a heavy hitter. And, and the only... Uh, downside, or the only—I wouldn't even call it a complaint. But you know, the only, the only—you know—only thing I would say about that is, is you could taste the nine and a half percent, nine point six. A little bit like of that. alcohol bite on that. A little point. bit on the end. You know so what, you, what I mean?
0: If you get that one in a can, you let it sit for a while.
1: Yeah, it then it smooths it out. So yeah. I was drinking them right off the tap. You know, nice. straight from the teat. Um, from but the it was deep. <laughs> <laughs> but you know and then i uh after maybe two or three which i'm i gotta say i'm i'm, I'm impressed with my ability to kind of uh maintain my uh, normal status after getting through a few of those beers but a lot of them were lower alcohol content yeah. um and then i got to talking with one of the girls turns out actually it was one of the owner's daughters i had no idea at the time um she's like you should try the barn rocker yeah i'm like Barn Rocker sounds like a great name. Let's the get after it. Barn
0: Rocker with the farmer's daughter?
1: Indeed. Yes. Yeah. So uh, I looked at the board, and this one, if I'm not mistaken, is 10% yeah, on the man, button.
0: I mean, it's like you brought one that is right up my alley, and it's just sitting in front of me. Yeah. And it's driving me nuts. It's Limited Reserve Barn yes. Rocker. Yes. I've heard... Now, I've heard about the Barn Rocker a bunch, like I'm in all those groups on Facebook mm-hmm. and to me right off the bat you know what the just the look of it the profile mm -hmm. reminds me of of uh like a last minute triple
1: yeah it's definitely a triple it's triple ipa um and they did one hell of a job knocking this beer out of the park no go ahead and try it see what you think because i'm I'm ahead of the game on this one yeah
0: it's very reminiscent of uh it reminds me of like a last minute trip, but man, there's no alcohol bite on that it's one. It's
1: dangerous, man. It's got a very smooth finish, no alcohol bite. It's it is, got a little bit of fruitiness. I had a, bit of, but a big gulp in that mic there. I yeah, I know, that. right? You got to get your editing skills to the to the test here. But it's hazy. It's not super hazy, but it's got, you know, I mean, you can see the lacing on the glass is real nice. I mean, they they really did a nice job on this beer.
0: I think this is something I've been saying a lot lately to people that I've been drinking beer with lacing tells everything about a brewery. If if you get good lacing on a glass, that's a, that's a high quality beer. Like if it just leaves a ring mm-hmm. and a ring and a ring every single sip, that's a good that's a that's a sign of a high quality beer.
2: Yeah,
1: I mean, they they is... crushed this one, man. They did a great job on it and it's kind of kind of a cool story so you know we went up we went into the brewery and i kind of like was trying to soak it in a little bit like they had the massive tanks in there right on display right out in the open you know big open area to sit down at tables and stuff they have a giant truck with a flatbed on it mm-hmm. and they put church pews on the flatbed so you can actually have like a party of 10 to 20 you can go up and hang out and the truck is yours you can sit you could on drunk the
0: drive it wherever you want. That
1: would be awesome. <laughs> However, it might get a little dangerous.
0: So, but there's the a guy.
1: flatbed is set up as a table Does as like the seating area. Um, oh, it's you just sit there. F- you sit at the back of the truck, right? Yeah, it's just set up like a big table. But it's the flatbed of the truck.
0: I thought it came with like a guy. The guy would drive just drive you around. you around
1: for a little bit. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. maybe you're onto something. Yeah, yeah. Dale, check it out. Uh, <laughs> take a take a look at that. Uh, but you could, you, know, you
0: could drive the truck. You could just
1: drive it around. It's awesome. I mean, I'll tell you what, the place is big enough. You might be able to drive it around and you, you know, a couple, do a couple three-point turns. A couple barn rockers and, and you're right. right behind the wheel. And time. tell you what. So we you know, we went and got a couple beers and we went and sat by the fireplace. Really nice spot. Big yeah. fluffy, thick leather couches to hang oh, out yeah. and relax. Um so we decided to go outside and take a look around. And uh they had like all these little um propane you know fire tables you know oh, fire nice. pit tables you know so uh they were all taken up i mean it wasn't really packed yeah but you could tell And because it was later in the evening and uh as 7 30 would be you know mm-hmm. later in the evening so uh, we found one that wasn't exactly working but we it was just Kim and i so we went and sat hung out after about 10 minutes this gentleman walks up with a propane tank and says hey you guys want some fire I'm like, is, are you seriously asking me that? Like, yeah. hell yeah, I want some fire.
0: I let's want some let's fire. get this party started, you know? And then he spit a sick freestyle. Yeah. he's <laughs> was like, hot fire.
1: He went straight M M&M on us. Yeah. But, uh, you know, and so I we, we kind of put Tank in there. And we were just kind of bullshitting a little bit as he was doing it. And I'm like, yeah, this place is pretty cool. He's like, have you ever been here? Just small talk, you know? And we just kind of started really hitting it off. And he's like, do you mind if I sit down? I'm like, no, man, have a seat. Sit down and relax. It's just my wife and I, you know, yeah. talk to I'll talk to anybody. Yeah. Like almost to a fault.
0: Yeah. And he's like, yo, check this out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> and then he spit the Beat
1: fire. <laughs> And then he spits some hot fire. But after like yeah. 30, 40 minutes of hanging out and talking to this guy, I find out he's one of the owners of the brewery. Oh, so it's nice. him and his two daughters or who I was talking to earlier, bartender, not bartenders, but you know, they work the taps and help right. people out and stuff. Uh, and they are very heavily involved in the brewing process, like awesome, designing yeah. the place. It just turned into a really incredible experience That's to awesome. not only find a place that has great beer. But is now like top of my list for destination breweries. Yeah, very
0: hospitable.
1: Absolutely, super nice people. They had this gigantic smoker running because they they had a bunch of of um, briskets on. So the next day they were doing a big brisket dinner. So I kind of missed it by a day.
0: Goddamn brisket!
1: But like they were not messing around. So they have really good people involved in it who know what they're doing. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was blown away. So. If I I'm like, if I'm gonna bring anything back, it's gonna be the Barn Rocker. Because yeah. that one impressed me more than any other beer that I had what? that night. It's got
0: like a very hoppy nose to it, man. Yeah, but it's it's, like, it's a good beer. I mean we're going straight sweet. beer nerd on this, but yeah, it's got good it's got a, a malty sweetness, mm-hmm. but also there's like Melanie Melanie.
1: Melanie? I don't know I her. it tastes Melanie. <laughs> but I mean like you know, it's it's, like a, it's
0: melon- a very like a like a, almost like a... Like a cantaloupe Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I know. I, I'm with you. So, I mean, for, so for someone who is afraid of bigger beers, and when we say bigger beers, we mean like higher ABVs, higher alcohol contents, because it can be scary when you have a beer that's 8% and all you taste is that bitterness at the yeah. end, that alcohol, and yeah. you almost don't want to take another sip, but you know you just paid $18 for a four-pack. We're so going to need a Damn well beer. better. Yeah. Uh, this is it's just one of those that it just goes down easy, which... Can yeah. be a little tricky, so pace yourselves. But uh, Melanie. I mean, for Melanie, you gotta watch out. Maybe that was one of his daughter's names. I'm not quite certain. Oh yikes! But anyhow, uh, it's from where we're at. It's like an hour and a half drive. Yeah. I mean, I would say it's a day trip. But once we get to the brewery, I don't know if we want to be coming home that night. But uh, I definitely think that this is on the list of a um, you know. I have to go. I would highly highly recommend where, it. Not where, only for the beer. But for the I mean we we stayed in Middletown, so it's right twenty minutes outside of Middletown. I don't really Middletown. know So I'm
0: trying to think how close were we to Ithaca?
1: Not a clue. Not I don't close. know I don't know New York I don't very know well. New
0: York either really. Um, um,
1: it wasn't a hard drive though. It was right cider. up eighty four and you get off eighty four and you're there.
0: Okay, now I'm thinking when we go up we go to a cider mill up there. I always forget the name, Bridger would remember. I don't know. It's a good Mm -hmm. cider mill.
1: Yeah. They have a lot of that up there. Like, that's a big thing up there. And there was a couple that we wanted to go to, but they were closed for private parties and stuff like that. So we just didn't make it. But it's tough right now. Like anywhere, any kind of hospitality, food and beverage, it's it's tricky right now because of the COVID and whatnot. But I'll tell you what, they put together one hell of a place. It's a beautiful place. Everything is clean and tidy and... Just cool to look at. Like, they had a giant wall that was patterned like a cowhide. Really? And it was like, I, I i mean, I literally thought it was the world's biggest cow that they ended up skinning and put it on the wall. It was That's that awesome. realistic. So, like, just a real rustic look to they the have, place. They
0: but... have, I love the simplicity of their logo, too. Mm-hmm. Very yep. minimalistic and... They Man. roll a
1: little bit of flannel into the label.
0: <clears throat> yeah, my barn's starting to get a little rocked over here.
1: Yeah, well, I mean it's a ten banger, so you know, it doesn't take much, Man. but I mean it goes down fast, it goes down smooth. It's just I I can't say enough about it. This yeah. is definitely one of the best beers I've had all year. And we are into October here. I've had several beers this year. A couple two trees, they say. Yeah. I've had Thank you, COVID.
0: Yeah. I'm trying to think. I had a beer recently and I said this is probably one of the best beers that I've had all year. But I say that about almost every beer. Yeah,
1: there's a couple of them out there that yeah. are pretty good. I'm
0: trying to think what Man, I've had my my first like Treehouse beers this year that I don't even think we did on the podcast. Maybe not. Just yeah, it's ballroom. been a little
1: tricky because you know, you and I are, you know, one of the cool things, uh it even sounds stupid to say the cool things about COVID. You know, one of the things that COVID presented to us this year was opportunity. Yeah. You know, cause a lot of people struggled this year with small business, with oh, yeah. getting things off the ground. And, you know, we, we'd had conversations in season two, pardon me, about reaching out to people that we couldn't get in studio. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the cool thing about this podcast is bringing people in studio, getting the cameras set up, yeah, getting them on film and doing some really cool, interesting stuff. Um, we couldn't do that with COVID, so you know, by utilizing technology just like everybody else did, yeah, we were able to kind of explore some other opportunities with people that we never would have been able to bring into studio and talk yeah. to.
0: Yeah, it's true.
1: We've had some insane guests this year, dude. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: I mean, when we look back on it, I mean, Donnie Vincent, for Christ's sake,
0: yeah, Donnie cool Vincent
1: was on the Sons of the Hunt podcast, yeah, Mike Robinson. Cool Yep. probably one of my all-time favorite people we've talked to on this podcast I mean yeah. we've had some good ones too I mean Harold dub yeah. um, you know Courtney uh, Col some of, some of the people we've talked to have been extraordinary people and I and I I I'm so ex- thankful that we've met through through this this medium yeah but like Mike Robinson if you guys haven't heard that one go check it out yeah and check him out. If you have Outdoor Network, Outdoor Channel, um, you know, I think, what's the other? There's an app out there right now that is real big. My Outdoor TV. My Outdoor TV. He's on there. And uh, he does some of the coolest stuff because he embodies a lot of what Mark and I are really big on. Yeah. Is is harvesting from the wild and creating incredible food with it. High quality, top-notch culinary I mean, Michelin star, Mike drop. Yeah. Like, the dude's legit. Um, and his new season is really kicking ass. Um, season two and season three is already in the books, and he's recording season four. Yeah, like he is—he's not slowing down. No. Um So he's a legit dude. So I mean, it presented a lot of opportunities to us, which we could have bypassed on. Just said, you know what, screw it. We're gonna wait till twenty twenty one, and we'll pick it up where we left off. Yeah. No. But you know, the just the, the drive to keep this going and to just change it up. Yeah. It's, you know, just it's just like presented a lot of opportunities, and we've we've been kind of really rolling with it and crushing it. Con, con, considering what's been going on,
2: yeah,
0: we had a little break here just because of what we had, things we had to do, and mm-hmm. but I mean, sort of in part to adding to this in the future it was like a little investment. the The break from the podcast was an investment in the future of Sons of the Hunt, sure, in a way. Plus, you know been chipping away at that studio in there yeah 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 that is going to be a game changer hell yeah man i cannot
1: wait and uh i'm gonna let a little bit of a cat out of a little bit of a bag but i've got a really cool surprise brewing for when that sucker gets ready to rock and roll oh. i've been talking with a certain individual about uh put something together for it it's gonna be pretty badass sweet so there's something to chew on I, for I a minute
0: i i'm on the edge of my seat, I bet,
1: yeah, yeah I don't no, know. it's gonna be pretty cool, yeah, I mean nice.
0: we and that
1: comes back around to some of the people that we've had an opportunity to deal with. I mean yeah. we've got some really cool stuff yeah. already for the for the studio, and you know yeah. it's not even ready yet, yeah, man, I
0: can't wait, it's just you know, and that's that's another uh escape sitting down and doing stonework in there that is so nice to do
1: <laughs> I bet it, it's it, just yeah, no, you gotta I know mean. to escape. I build Wipe arrows. Sometimes. I'm the same way. Yeah. I sit down to build some arrows and I sit down and I focus on nothing but the offset and this and that. And I mean, and it, it helps to eliminate a lot of the feedback yeah. and a lot of the, uh, you know, stuff you don't want to be focusing on. You know what I mean?
0: Speaking of arrows, tell me a hunting story, Jay. Because <laughs> uh, uh, you've, you've had the opportunity to get in the woods here. I, I did. I haven't been in the woods yet. And you have a... Have a ripping yarn, indeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was pretty good, man.
1: You know, uh, I got my boy out for the first day, her opener on Saturday, and uh, you know, I got to give him a lot of credit. He's coming along just fine. Like yeah. he's really into every aspect of the woodsmanship side of it, like the whole wind direction. And he's I've been trying to teach him that side of it, not just let's go out and sit in a blind and see if we can kill something. It's like you know, let's focus on it. Let's see what. He- what are they what are the deer looking at yeah like what do they focus on you know so he's mm-hmm. really coming along with that so he'll sit in the car and he'll open up his cell phone and he'll look at the wind direction and the weather apps and what's the humidity and what are the chances it's going to rain do we have a cold front coming in and so i mean he's really kind of getting into that side of it and i think the cerebral side of that is what's really intriguing him because he's a smart kid You know, he, he's not an athletic kid. He, we've tried sports and stuff. He's just not into it. He might be, but you know, and I'm fine with whatever he wants to do as long as he, you know, puts some effort into it. And, uh, this seems to be what he's really that in Boy Scouts, he loves Boy Scouts. So this is kind of like his other outdoor, you know, hobby. And, uh, We got an opportunity to find a new property because we had a rough go last year. Lost all my properties in like one fell swoop. Within like Mm. three months, I lost everything. I lost one. Um, Yeah. Yeah. You lost a a really sweet property too. Yep. Uh, But, you know, that's the game. You know, that's the game. When you don't own property, you have to kind of work at it a little bit. You know, if you're not hunting state lands or public lands, then you got to kind of... You know, hit the, hit the door and hit the doors and figure it out. Right. So we came across a cool new farm that we're fortunate to have. It's a nice spot. Uh, lots of deer. It's just trying to figure them out right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, we found a spot that seemed promising. We went in. We set up a blind because he hunts with a crossbow. Right. So I brought my bow. Honestly, I left my bow on the ground outside of the blind. I didn't even bring it in because mm-hmm. by the time we got set up and everything was going on, I got the cameras together. It was a little much, and I'm like, there's no way I'm going to be able to shoot a bow out of this with my camera here and him sitting there. So I'm like, I'm just going to leave it. It is what it is. Yeah. We sat the whole afternoon, never saw a single deer until about 20, 30 minutes from last light. He's like, Dad, don't move. Don't move. Because he said that about 100 times yeah. while we were sitting in the blind, you he know? He just
0: didn't want you to move. He just didn't want me to move. I don't <laughs> know. Maybe I
1: was making too much noise for him. <laughs> but, um, you know, and I'm like, what do you see? He's like, I see something moving. And sure enough, I could see it too. I'm like, buddy, that's a deer. He's like, all right. I'm like, get yourself ready. Get up. Let's get to go. I didn't know what it was. I could just see the brown coming through the tree. Turns out it was a real nice, big, tall, wide seven point. Yeah. And man, if I showed you the video, the belly on this thing. I mean, he was a big, saggy belly. So yeah. it was a good sized deer. Yeah. Just not great genetics for as, as antlers right. go. Right. Um, but he was a beautiful deer. He's starting to work his way to us. And finally, he gets about 40 yards, and he sees the blind.
2: Mm-hmm. And he's
1: like, I know that's not supposed to be here. Right. So I'm like, don't move. Sit still. Let's just see what he does. Yeah. And he was coming directly at us. Mm-hmm. And when he saw the blind, he was kind of doing the whole yeah. you know, head bob, looking at, trying to figure it out. Uh-huh. But because he didn't move, I didn't move, we sat still, he made a 90-degree right and went perfectly broadside at 35 yards right in front of us. Now, with a crossbow, that's kind of a drop shot. And he's one hell of a shot with that crossbow. Yeah. Unfortunately, he forgot to take a safety off. Mm. So you can hear him fidgeting, fidgeting. And I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I forgot my safety. I'm like, mm. oh, damn. I'm like, all right, let him go. So now he's moving up, toward, up the hill a little bit. So he had to reposition, pick up his crossbow, move the sticks, get over to the window, which yep. was to my left. So I had to lean back, get the tripod up on one leg you know we're yeah. just trying i really wanted to get this on film but at the at, at the, the moment i was like i don't care if i throw this thing out the window at this point i need this kid to get,
0: get a shot at this that's deer Good experience man that orchestration of that the act of setting up a that's shot, it man.
1: it was definitely a huge experience for him because you know the the woods are full of lessons yeah. you know we just got to figure them out what's and in, in what do we take from that lesson? Yeah. Sometimes we're happy about it. Sometimes we're not. Mm. Especially when we're not. It's like, what's the lesson? What can we take from it? Yeah. And, you know, he got set up. I had most of the deer in frame. And I stopped the deer with the old, you know, the standard meh. You know what yeah. I mean? Got the deer to stop enough to where he was able to settle the pin and let one fly. And yeah. sure as shit, 10 feet in front of the blind, there was this nice little pine limb uh. that the arrow caught. And that arrow just dipped right down and into the dirt. That deer ran up the hill. Now, the good news is the deer had no idea what the hell happened. Yeah. You know, he was oblivious. Now, he knew something was out of place because right. of the blind, but he wasn't too spooked. My kid was beside himself, you know, and he was so upset that things happened because immediately he, he knew he missed, you yeah. know. And and I saw it on film because we use lighted knocks on the bolts. So, right. you know, you see it hit the limb and it hit the dirt and you could see the limb bouncing in the frame, you mm. know. I'm like, oh, no. So I'm like, but I still was like, buddy, that was awesome. That was so cool. It's okay. Don't worry. Well, he started to kind of get really upset about it. So yeah. now I'm at a, a crossroad. Do I tell him to man up? Do I tell him it's fine? Don't worry about it. Shake it off. Or do I let him experience that yeah, like do i him let out. him wallow in his misery for a few minutes wallow. you know what i mean and that's what i went with i'm yeah. like let him go just let him feel yeah. it let him work it out you know and i just yeah, kind of wanted to see where
0: he was going to go with it i'll tell you what that's a whole psychological conversation to have right there indeed understand that, like that the that there's situations that can help you better understand your emotions as a human yeah yeah and that was They're a great opportunity. That's, yeah, that's valuable. Sure. For, for somebody whose mind is ripe for molding. And that's it. You know, he's 12 years old. He'll be 13.
1: And, I'm, you know, and, and, and I love the opportunity that I have to use the woods and to uh-huh. use hunting as a teaching tool. Uh-huh. Um, but it can go awry quickly if sure. I'm not careful. So, you know, but it, it worked out. And, you know, I let him go and, you know, he was, you know, visibly upset and he he was angry and he was sad and, you know, every emo- every negative emotion you can, you know, throw on the table yeah. came at him all at once. So I let him go and I just kind of kept my hand on his back and I'm like, buddy, you know, it's it happens. I'm like, this is hunting, you know, and we did, went through the whole, you know, cliche list of terms that you use for that and, and um, I let him just kind of, deal with it. Let him absorb it and let him experience it. Yeah. And then, you know, a- after a little while, you know, we just, it was really quiet for a few minutes and I said, let's go, let's go check the arrow. I'm like, I'm pretty sure you missed two, but we got it, we got to check the arrow. Right. So, you know, we're sitting for a minute. I'm like, I started packing my stuff up. I'm like, you know, just in case. I wanted to, I wanted to roll camera while we were walking up, but I didn't want to embarrass him and I didn't want to put anything on film that he wasn't going to be upset yeah. you know, happy with, but. As I started getting my stuff together I, I'm, I'm I'm ready to roll I said, buddy, are you okay are you all right are you ready mm-hmm. to do this he's like, yeah he's like I'm not okay but I will be he's like I'm just glad I didn't wound him and like that moment was yeah. kind of like a, six, a little a small win for me for sure because yeah, how that's many a adults a mature just share a statement right. You know, there's a lot of grown men who will just fling an arrow, especially when you get into the crossbow world. Now, I'm never going to knock a crossbow hunter because uh, I get it. I have friends of mine who are traditional archers who ended up having health issues that had to use a crossbow for a season or two and now are back to traditional. Listen, you know, we're all on the same team here. So when you want to use a crossbow, man, more power to you. I I wish you luck. I hope you'd kill a big one. You know what I mean? I hope Mm -hmm. you kill what's in your goal, you know, regimen, whatever it is. But with him, um, it was just one of those things where like he, he gets it, you know what I mean? And, and I can't be more happy, uh, that he does get it. But the fact that he learned that lesson now at 12. Yeah. I mean, he's been pretty successful with turkeys, you know, he's been fortunate. And and again, thank you, you and Bridget for letting us come up and and he's killed two birds up here on this property so far. And, and uh, he's done pretty well there. It's so, always a good
0: spring morning.
1: That's it. You know, and he, so he hasn't really been exposed to a whole lot of, I guess, failure. I hesitate to say failure, but, yeah. you know, well, I mean, disappointment. I mean, but that's part of it, man.
0: And it, it, when you say failure, it's not, you know, it's not personal failure.
1: No, no. It, it's it's just, just situational failure. That's it. That, that limb, I didn't see it. He didn't see no, it. It was I literally mean, 10 or 15 feet in front of the blind. I mean, and this deer was at 30 yards when he shot, so that's well within the range of that weapon. Unfortunately, he hit the limb. Sticks happen. That's it. That's right. Yeah, that's, put that on a T-shirt. Yeah, but I, you know, it, it just it it worked out in a really positive manner because now he's more determined than ever mm-hmm. to to fill his tag. Yeah, you know. So, um,
0: and that's right, man. He's that's, right. He's got. He's got the right mindset. And,
1: and and, I, and I, I'm i proud of him, for sure. But, you know, I, I think that, again, we, uh, we might talk about how it master. may be, and I'm okay with that. Yeah. But, you know, that lesson that he learned that day will serve him well, you know, going forward. For so, sure, man. So, I mean, it was a, it's been a good season so far, and we're just getting started. So yeah. I'm going to get him out this Saturday. Again, we didn't go last Saturday because, again, I took my wife away. So, um, yeah. you know, we weren't able to do it. Um, we're creeping in on some Sunday hunting here in PA, so we're going to have some more opportunities Man, with that this year.
0: I can't wait for him to experience like the rut. I know, you right? Know? It, well, that's...
1: I promised him I would not kill a deer until he killed his. So I'm not going to kill a deer until he puts an arrow in one and we can recover it. So um, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to that. and he, you Because, know, of course, I'm you know, with the cameras and everything. He's like, Dad, can't we just go hunting? That's funny. <laughs>
0: I, I, I still think that's hilarious because he's like, he's got like the sentiment of an old man. Yeah, yeah. Like, can't
1: we just like, can't we just go and hunt? Like, I don't know how do not You have to do all this camera all stuff? stuff? Yeah, I know, right? Like, I'm like, yeah, no, bud, we'll do some squirrel hunting for that. I said, but I want to get your first deer on film, you know? Yeah. It's funny because we, we were up here the one, is it first, the one spring, well, this recent spring, and... uh we were setting. He was in the blind, and I let him play with the cameras now. So I'm trying to teach him a little bit about settings and stuff and how right. the cameras work. So I was out setting up decoys, and I didn't know this happened until I started going back through the footage. He's filming me setting up the decoys, Is he and you can. Yeah, he starts narrating. He's like, yeah. "Here, you see my dad in his natural habitat." <laughs> That's amazing. I'm laughing my ass off,
0: right? He's so got a good sense of humor, yeah. too.
1: So, like, usually when I'm filming him, if I'm filming at him and he's walking to me, I'll always tell him, just walk past... Oh, yeah. I'll tell him, walk past the camera. Don't look at it. Just walk past it, you yeah. know? So, I'm... He's in the blind, you know, narrating this little, you know, my, my father's in his natural habitat, you know what I mean? Yes. And, and I start walking towards the blind and he whispers out the window, hey, dad, just walk past the camera, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you little
0: bastard wow. you're like he's he's he's, he's
2: breaking all my you. balls you know what yeah. i mean
1: but and i love it because it, 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 that's an, an aspect of our relationship that you can't tarnish yeah. you know what i mean despite whatever issues very, come about it's between cool us, cool that you have it all too yeah like that's we're working the thing,
0: like i know a lot of people like trash like taking out a camera mm-hmm. but you're gonna have all that
1: now oh yeah yeah. Like, oh, you, I'm keeping that for sure. My dad and his natural what, habitat. What are, are you what are kidding your me? Home movies going to be like they're going to be like feature films. Yeah, someday right. For your kids to watch. Well, I'm hoping. I'm yeah, hoping. You that's know, very and, cool. And The twins are getting older. They're starting to kind of see hey, man, it a little I've bit. I've seen
0: the wonton video. Yeah, that's sick. <laughs> that's pretty cool. And it makes me want wontons.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, out in Vegas. Yeah, yeah. They are pretty cool. You know, and that's it. You know, I I started messing around with footage. Everybody's got a hobby. You yeah. know what I mean? You know, there's uh, things with videography, with photography, with cooking, you know what I mean? The The end result of your hobby is reminiscent of the process it took to create that. Yeah. When you're cooking something, you know what I mean? You make a nice pasta dish. Yeah, most
0: of the time that journey is the thing.
1: That's it. Yeah. You know what I mean? You go golfing and you hit a good shot, great. You made a good shot. Yep, it's but over. That's it. It's over. You know what I mean? There are certain things that you can do that... The end result is, you know, reminiscent of the process, and yeah. I think filming your hunts, taking pictures of your kids, your family, whatever it is you want, your dog, yeah, uh, you know, and, and creating a, a, an awesome dish that you can share with people. I mean, you're sharing part of yourself when you do that, and and there's something uh, a tangible item there. That can be tied into the process, and yeah. I, I think that's what I really love about it, and that's what we're gonna have going forward to yeah. kind of look back on when he's got that's kids, cool, man. you know.
0: Yeah, that's. Uh... It's just a cool thing to think about.
1: So so far, it's been a pretty decent season, despite not having any, uh, you know, meat in the freezer, as they say. Right. You know, it, it's been a successful season so far because of the lessons that we've learned going, you know, going yes. through this process and you know, scouting and setting up and paying attention to the wind. I mean, those are invaluable lessons. You know what I mean? So he's he's starting to really get it, and yeah. uh, so I'm very excited about what this season's gonna bring. Uh, We've got a lot of opportunity potential up there at this new property, so uh, we'll see how it plays out. So we're gonna get out Saturday. I'm actually gonna buy a bear tag. I'm gonna buy an archery bear license this year because there's so many bear up there. Yeah. I'm like, what a cool experience it would be if I was able to shoot a bear with my bow while he's in the blind with me. Yeah. That would be, and him filming it, that would be uh, pretty legit. So that opens on Saturday, huh? Yeah. Well, yeah. Bear opens this Saturday, so I
0: won't be out till Monday or Tuesday, but
1: yeah i mean I, i'm not gonna have a ton of time because you know work's been really kicking my ass right now because we're playing catch-up mm-hmm. but i'm gonna make time you yeah. know i'll make time for it and that's just why if i took buy my wife online, on a little mini vacation
0: you have to buy it in person
1: i'll go buy it in person because if you buy it online you can't hunt until you have physical possession of the license uh, right so you can't just have a you know a screenshot that's not going to fly with the game commissioner <laughs>
0: doesn't make sense works in montana Yeah, yeah, yeah. Montana is way cooler than PA. I'm just going to throw that out there. (laughs) Damn you. How
1: dare you? How dare you? Yeah. Well, you know, I I can't imagine. I've never been to Montana. I've been to a number of states throughout the. the, But, you know,
0: those guys have their gripes, too, mm -hmm. you know, about the way things are managed and this and that. Well,
1: sure. Everybody does. You know, no one's perfect. And when it comes to wildlife management, I don't envy the people who make these rules. I don't, because it's not easy. You can't please all the people all the time. And it's not about pleasing the people. It's about taking care of the the, the wildlife. And you do the best you can with what you got. And sometimes it's not exactly the the best scenario. but Yeah. Yeah, so I don't envy these guys, man. The game commission here in PA, man, they get it hard. Yeah. They get it from all sides, man. Well,
0: you got the highest population of hunters in the country is pa Pretty number much.
1: one now because i know yeah. they're like always top three you yeah. know and you got brian burhands who's uh you know kind of running the show over there and and it's not an easy no easy uh no you know line of work you know but uh yeah i mean so so far so good man i'm really looking forward to seeing what the season brings um you know we've got uh, a lot of year left for uh sons of the hunt to uh yeah. create some opportunities here and uh
0: I got a pocket full of tags. Yeah, buddy. And uh going to try to get out tomorrow evening, I think. Nice, nice, nice. It's time to start filling doe tags, man. That's it. This is I'm the going, time, man. It's time I'm of going year. to going into the trusty doe stand. Uh, you know what? Uh one thing I I'm looking forward to is shooting an animal with uh with those solids. Yeah. Haven't done it yet.
1: Those are impressive impressive broadheads. Really looking broadhead. forward
0: to it. Um yeah, that's the one thing I've been thinking about, man. I just can't wait. I, I I think I know where I'm going tomorrow. The wind is the same. I'd like to hear your thoughts on those, whether or not they're actually worth the cost. Yeah. Because they're not cheap, man. No, they're not. I know that. And it's... Uh, I don't know. I just... I wanted a good fixed broadhead. Yeah. So I I looked around and... I mean, people are going to think that i'm just like associating with certain brands and that, that is kind of what i did but i honestly i i tried looking at broadheads that i just as far as it goes with fix it's like do you like the look of it like and that's what i did i, I like the look of those solids mm. plus they were an outdoor sportsman's group product which is an elite archery product yeah yeah you know sure same, sure same, family. Yeah, same company yeah so i was like Alright, let's let's give those a shot. They they look traditional, nice. It's basically a two with ba- two blade with
2: two it's little, little bleeders. bleeders,
0: yeah. Yeah. And I was like, these these don't seem like they're gonna catch a lot of wind.
2: No, and I'll and, tell you what, uh,
0: I, I, I was impressed with them with the time I had to handle
1: them. They're 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 impressive little uh little blades.
0: See, the only thing was and I think that you agreed with me on this, is that like out of the package, they didn't seem that sharp yeah I think they I, I would agree been...
1: you know it's it's hard to tell because you know a, a, a friend of mine he's really into like Japanese whetstones and stuff like that and really getting into the sharpening aspect mm-hmm. of knives and kitchen knives and what you typically relate uh, to sharpness is the burr, like what they call the burr. So there's like a little bit right. of an you edge. You can down feel down it. The edge, yeah, there's it's only a on one side of Exactly. The other. Right. So when you run your thumb on it like you would to check you sharpness, feel you feel that burr. When that burr is gone and the the metal is perfectly tuned, you don't feel that so much. Yeah. So it's it's just it's it's deceiving. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it, it, it's hard to tell whether they just weren't as sharp as you think they should be or if they're just tuned that well to the factory there's not much of a burr leaning left or right on that blade. You know what I mean? Yeah, However, sure. you know, the whole thing with the, uh, with, you know, putting them on a strop, you know, I made that strop for you what, yeah. last year. Yeah. It helps kind of tune them up a little bit just to keep them, keep them cleaned up. Uh, but the fact that there's such, so little material on them with that cutout, yeah. that really impressed me in the way of not having to worry about the the you know the fletchings fighting the broadhead for control of the yeah. arrow.
0: I, I don't think you're going to get much planing on those. Right, right. I mean, not at all. It looks like it takes up a lot of space, mm-hmm. but also it's so thin. Right. There's a I lot of
1: cutout know. there, so that, that and helps. It's not,
0: honestly, it's not a popular broadhead.
1: It's okay. not. I tried to find some, and yeah. they're not easy to find. Yeah. Um mainly because of the cost. You know, they're expensive broadheads, so not a lot of yeah. people are going to carry them because uh, they're not really going to sell them. There, not a lot of people are going to yeah. are going to want to pay up for them. Um but nonetheless, it's be interesting to see how they perform, you know, when they when they hit an animal and uh I mean S35V as S30, you know, I'm sorry, S30V steel. S30V, yeah. yeah. Um it's a really high-end, high-quality steel. It holds an edge extremely well. Tough to put the edge back onto it, but it holds the edge really well. So you don't have to worry too much about putting the edge back on it. Right. A lot of high end hunting knives are S thirty V, you know, bushcraft knives, S thirty V's big in that. So, you know, it, it's a great quality steel. So I'd really, you know, looking forward to seeing how they perform, uh, you know, when they're going through
0: hide muscle and organs, you know. Yeah. I mean, the thought was I wanted a good fixed broadhead on a good heavy arrow. mm mm-hmm. And I, th- I think I'm... That's I'm right a good that. arrow.
1: Yeah, it's... It, I mean, you know, you're running the, uh, uh, the FMJ. uh, FMJs. I mean, yeah. those are, you know... You can't beat those for as far yeah. as heavy weight arrows, yeah. and I th- and I did the math on them, and I think you were like fourteen point four or fourteen point five FOC, which we're really nerding out right now. But yeah. that's forward of center, and that's how much weight is forward of center of the arrow, and yeah. it just cr- creates, you know, better accuracy, more penetration, blah 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 blah. And you know your sweet spot is ten to fifteen percent FOC. You were at like fourteen Something or other, you're like 14 yeah. and a half, call it so. I mean, it's a pretty much a perfect arrow. And yeah. with, the, with the fletching setup on that, fletched to the broadhead, I, yeah, I, I mean, appreciate that, man. Yeah, I fletched those off of the broadhead That's position. Sweet. So, I mean, they're built about as good as they could be without being raw shafts. Yeah, you know One, I mean? once
0: I finally get into a tree stand mm-hmm. and I've got hours and hours of sitting on end. Then I'll take some pictures of them. Yeah, right? I'll get some good pictures of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't gotten to yet, but they're pretty arrows. They look great. They came out all right. Yeah, they yeah. came out
1: pretty good. But, you know, and that's something that we can maybe explore down the line is equipment and really super tuning yeah, shit. We haven't really done much of that.
2: No, Not too I mean, much. we
1: have the ability to do it. I mean, yeah. the knowledge, I'm starting to gain a lot more equipment and stuff like that to do our own boat work and yeah. self tuning and stuff like that. And yeah. so it's something that we could maybe offer some information to the people who are. Into the same thing. I mean, not a lot of people are really into super tuning their stuff. No, some people are like, if it shoots straight, I'm good. Yeah. Other people want to like know like what's the best? What's can I do? How can I improve? Right. How can I increase my you know my efficiency that that yeah. type of thing? And and
0: there's a market for that thing. I mean, it's funny. I've been I've been sort of watching the the hunting Pennsylvania group. Yeah. You know, we used to talk about that quite a bit, and. It seems like there is such a wide range of questions as far as experience goes. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some people who are like, "I I just started bow hunting today. I saw a buck. How do I get closer to it?" Mm-hmm. Like a question like that. And then there's people who are like, you know, talking about what is 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 this good barometric pressure to be hunting scrapes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, nerding out questions like that. And it's like, wh- like, how do you find the right middle ground for, for a podcast to talk about that? You yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, well, and that's it. I, and, I, we, and we've been on both ends.
1: Of course. You know, in, in, in a promotional perspective you want to hit that middle ground yeah but there's you know there's a a case to be made for either end of that spectrum yeah you know what i mean to really geek out on barometric pressure and arrow building and spine tuning and broadhead tuning and that kind of thing versus like bow hunting 101 you know what i mean so there's a case to be made for both but i I think where um and this is just my assumption is based on the way things have gone this last year with COVID and everything like that and my my understanding of the butchering business and farming business and the beef business, like there's gonna be a lot of guys who go out and kill a deer and they call up their but- the closest butcher to them and say, Hey, I got a deer, can I bring it by? And they're gonna tell them no.
0: Yeah. Who knows what's gonna happen. Right.
1: I think that might be an an opportunity to help people the most is in Mm self-butchering you know and what do i do with this deer once i kill it Mm -hmm. like how do i field dress it i mean there's a million videos out there on how to do that yeah but like once i field dress it what how do i hang it like Mm -hmm. what do i do um and that's a, a huge hurdle for a lot of people who are just starting to get their feet wet in the hunting industry so i mean i think of all the the different avenues between you know equipment and Tactics and this, that, the other thing. There's plenty of stuff out there for that. I mean, you don't have to look far to find, you know, information on YouTube or Facebook or anything. And of course, you're going to find a couple of assholes out there that are going to tell you you're stupid and quit asking stupid questions. You know yeah. what? Shrug them off. Yeah. If that's the case, shrug them off. Don't get upset. Don't get deep, you know, don't get, you know, uh, what's the, I'm, I'm missing, there's a word. I do this every once in a while. My brain farts out and, you know, Dissuaded. Okay, your feather's ruffled yeah just shrug those people off because there's a there's plenty of people out there that are willing to help um but it, when it comes to like prioritizing mm-hmm. information I think maybe like the self-butchering thing might be a great way to go because we both do it and there's a lot of videos I've seen out there that are good but they're all very similar yeah there's different ways of doing things that can uh kind of provide different cuts different ways of looking at different cuts of meat that i've been really focusing on uh, like t-bones you ever mm-hmm. seen a deer t-bone a venison t-bone no i have not right that's a problem because they're yeah. awesome yeah. but there's ways of doing it and it's not hard yeah. so stuff like that is tough to come by mm-hmm. so there's uh, that's just my personal opinion on it. When you start looking at prioritizing information for new yeah. hunters or people who have been doing it a long time and just want a new perspective, yeah. I think that the whole butchering thing, because that's going to be a problem for a lot of people this year. A lot of butchers are tied up with butchering beef, mm-hmm. you know, because everybody's freaked out over the coronavirus and the food shortages and everything that's going on. So a lot of, a lot of uh, butchers are going to be tied up with that. So I, I, I'm thinking, you know, the more people learn how to do it themselves, one, In my opinion, you get a better product. You get your product. You know what you're getting. That's it. Because a lot of butchers, and listen, if you're a butcher out there and you get mad at me for this, tough shit. Because a lot of guys will just take neck meat, flank meat, all that stuff, they throw it in a giant pile, they grind it all at the same time. And here's your grind. And here's your grind. Yeah. So you have a guy who took... You very good care of the deer in the field. Yeah. And you have another guy who gut shot his doe yeah. and let it sit overnight. Got and piss all over yeah. the meat. Yeah. And now that's mixed in. And, and now you've got a, a, a funky product. You know what I mean? The more you're able to control the product that comes off the, the animal you harvest, the better you're going to do, the better yeah. quality meat you're going to have, and 100%. the better presentation you're going to have to give to your family yeah. and your friends.
0: You know? And I mean, honestly, like I, I find new things every year. That sure i want to do and i end up taking different cuts and i mean it's good to have that kind of freedom that flexibility absolutely to that. and to know how to do it yeah
1: you know because mm-hmm. i I've, I've seen a million guys take the 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 loin you know the the back strap and they butterfly it yeah that's what i did forever now yeah. it kills me to see that because there's better ways, yeah. you know what I mean? In my opinion, of course. For sure. Uh, but there's better ways. There's yeah. you Leave it on the bone. You yeah. know, you ever see a French rack of lamb? Yeah. That's badass. When yes. you can put that on a table in front of somebody, yeah. hell yeah, man. Yeah. Pardon me. And you can do that with venison very easily. Oh, yeah. But not a lot of people out there are doing that. T-bones, venison T-bones. Shanks, man. Shanks. A lot of people leave shanks in the woods. People leave heart in the woods. My god, that we, we tried to do the heart video last year. We're,
0: we're going to we're doing it this year. Yeah, but, dude. You know what? Cuz I have a couple goals and the and finally putting this heart video up, but it's going to be long. Because here's the thing. There's so many different versions of that that I like doing. Yeah. And I'm going to do them all in one video. I gonna it's going to be Mark's complete guide to eating deer heart. Yeah, man. <laughs> like cuz they're so that's my favorite cut of a deer. I like it better than the loin. I've been and after eating that. it
1: with you, I would agree. I mean, I
0: the, like the loin is good, the tenderloin's good, and there's a million
1: ways to do it. But yeah. there's only a handful of ways to do the heart. And man, is it good. The yeah. texture, the flavor, yeah. the snappiness of it. I love like, it. Yeah, it's it's hard to pass. And I just had this conversation with a friend of mine who's a classically trained chef, and mm-hmm. he's never eaten heart. Oof. I'm like, bro. You have no idea. Tongue, tacos de linguas. You know what I mean? The the tongue tacos, man. Like, I'm going to keep every deer we kill this year. I'm keeping the tongue. I'm going to freeze it and I'm going to do tongue tacos. I'll save mine
0: too. Yeah, man. Save them up. But yeah, we'll show how to do that for sure. But
1: stuff like that, I think, is because there's a million ways to hunt the rut. Mm. There's a million ways to set a stand. There's a million ways to hang a saddle. There's Mm. a million ways to do all that stuff. There's, and there's a bunch of ways to butcher a deer but there's opportunity there yeah I, and I think that there's a, a an open market for a lot of different tactics yeah. when you look at guys like Mike Robinson mm-hmm. um, there's an, another dude um, damn it I can't think of his name but he's also English and he does um, Scott Ree is his name. The Scott Ree Project, YouTube, check it out. He does all kinds of butchering of roe deer and stuff like that. And he does like master classes on butchering. The guy's legit. Um, But even those guys do things one way this way, and then another time they'll do it a completely different way. And to be able to have a catalog of that type of stuff, I think would be extremely valuable to people who are looking around going, how the hell am I going to butcher this deer? What do I do now? I killed it. I gutted it. Now what,
0: you know? Yeah, yeah. I think we could probably solve that.
1: Sure. I mean, you got a nice spot out here. We hook up a little uh, butcher station. I mean, yeah. my whole intent was this year was to build a shed to do
0: that. I've got it back. There. I've actually moved everything you gave me—the the winch and everything. It's back there now. Nice and it's nice. clean. The garage is clean. That's so. awesome. Yeah, I was yeah. going to
1: build one at my house, but unfortunately, you can't buy lumber right now. It's a problem. Really? Yeah, you can't lumber. It. Mm-hmm. You can try. Hmm. but contractors are usually getting first dibs on lumber, especially pressure-treated stuff. Right. Well, I, I, I already kind of washed past it. I'm going to work on next year. I'm going to do yeah. uh, next spring. I'm going to put it together, a nice shed. So half of it's going to be for storing my lawnmowers and stuff. The other half's going to be for butchering animals. Nice. But you know, in the meantime, you've got a great building right here on yep. your property that we can set it up, yeah. plenty of room to set up cameras and film, yeah. and uh, it would be a pretty sweet little process. Yeah.
2: I got but, some good ideas.
1: So in the world of sharing information, I think of all this stuff that we could possibly hone in on and focus in on outside of like, you know, the gear stuff and that kind of thing is, um you know, what do you do with the meat once you get it? You yeah. know, and I think that would be pretty valuable. Yeah, but absolutely. We'll I... explore some options. Yeah. But where yeah. are we at now, man? We're deep. Hell yeah. What are we at, like two hours or so now? I no. can't even see it.
0: It's almost, it's like one hour and 38 minutes. That's not bad. I, th- I think that's plenty, though. Hell yeah, right, I would because, agree yeah. because
1: we, we've had a lot to catch up on. Yeah, and you know, we some guys have three hours to spend listening to a podcast, I personally do not. So, I try to kind
0: of, yeah, I mean, sometimes I'll listen to Joe Rogan and I'll drive back and forth to work four or five times and not get to the end <laughs> of the <that> episode. So, <laughs> but, with that. I think yeah. I think we'll wrap this one up, and uh, yeah, I think that everyone has a good idea of what we're aiming to do soon, and uh, some things you can expect. Sure, sure, so, and we may have gotten a little bit long in the tooth on this episode,
1: but it's been a while since we've actually sat across the table from each other, and yeah, uh, we're really looking forward to a couple more Coming on the pipeline. It's been good to get back together and uh, and knock a, knock another nice episode out. So
0: yeah, this is a good one.
1: So Keep thank you up. all for kind of joining us. If you're into it, man, like it, share it. What was it though? I used to have the catchy little thing I used to say, but uh, uh, like it, hate it, share it, rate it, something like that. Something but along those lines. But it, I don't
0: the hate it part. Yeah, like we're gonna have part. to skip that. But you know, if you're like listening it, to
1: it, whatever you know platform it, you're listening it, on, review it, rate it, mean, yeah, something, something like that. that. give it a rating share with some friends who might be into it help us out we appreciate it for sure and uh we'll see you guys on the uh next episode yep
2: oh yeah later